0: Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Asif Khan and Abriana Lopez. All right, we are back with your favorite podcast of the week and maybe of the year. It is a new year. Happy New Year, everyone. It's 2019 and we're excited Mm -hmm. to be back uh, with uh, This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Abriana, how are you?
1: I'm good. I am excited to start off a new year. I always love the new year. It's um, you know, makes you feel like a little bit more ambitious and goal-oriented once again. So.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm great. How about you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. same same thing. Um, hold on, my phone's ringing there. Turn that off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. It's uh, you know what? Uh the holidays were were busy. They were good. There was lots of food, there was lots of family and friends and all the things you're supposed to do. And um, and then yesterday, it was kind of like this really weird day in my house because like, we did absolutely nothing, like just nothing. It was just like decompression day. And the weather was nice. It was sunny. And I actually noticed um, that the days are getting longer again. The sun was like out a little bit later. And it, mm-hmm. was, it was good. It was good. And, and like we've had pretty good weather up here in Toronto. It's been in the plus uh category uh and will be you know in uh much above average let's just say uh for what it's supposed to be this time of year and it's supposed to be like that all week so sunny and nice so
1: oh well it's been a little bit warmer here but it's definitely been rainy and gross so um but our our holidays are not quite over yet in our house so um i have uh, we still celebrate Three Kings Day or Dia de los Reyes Magos, and that's coming up on the 6th. And then we, the next day is my daughter's birthday, so we've got like birthday parties and all the stuff coming up. But, um, you know, it's like still such a good time, and I'm kind of excited to be back in the office, kind of sad to like leave the family time behind. Um, not all the family time, but you know, as much family time, but it's good, like lots of stuff going on, and now I'm, um you know, today's my first day back in the office, and now I'm, like, trying to get ready. So I will be heading out um, to Vegas next week for CES. So if you're going to be there, want to meet up, say hello, um, grab a coffee or a drink or something, you know, hit me up. Let me know that you're going to be around, and, and maybe we can make it work out.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, and uh, you
1: are headed to where 2?
0: Well, so CES is great, like, and uh, I'm glad that you're there. I haven't been there for now probably five years I think since I last time I went to CES but it's it's so amazing so I look forward to your stories and and hearing about all the cool new things uh that are coming out and maybe you'll have something to talk about on the show um about it so that'll be cool um yeah so I'm not doing much yet I'm actually uh still a little bit uh in in limbo here I'm uh awaiting the uh arrival of the official new passport so um you know that's that there's that <laughs> um, so, but anyhow, um, on the, uh, the 15th of January, so the a couple weeks out from now, um, uh, Karsten who heads up our, uh, our German, uh, operations will be in New York for the NRF big show. Uh, and, uh, we are hosting a, a retail tour, which is this growing phenomenon that we've been doing in various cities, uh, around the world where we're basically organizing, um, Tours to actually see digital and location-based technology in in, in play in in retail stores um, and in this case in New York City. Uh, we do these. We did one in Atlanta uh, after Retail Loco. We're going to be doing one in Seattle uh, on the Spring Retail Loco, and several other cities around the world. And um, so that'll be happening on the 15th, and then we're also hosting a dinner on the night of the 15th uh, there in New York. So if uh, you're interested in that reach out to me and, and uh, let me know and uh, we'll try and get you a spot at that uh, that dinner as well so um, yeah so that's on January 15th and uh, looking forward to uh, to uh, what Karsten has to say about NRF and and all the cool things that are happening with the retail tour program so yeah definitely so that's it uh, in terms of intro pieces we've got a good show for you three industry news stories three member news stories this week no guests none of that Uh, I think we'll have a guest next week. Um, I'm working on something right now. I won't say anything about that yet, but, um, we'll just jump right into it. Brianna, all yours.
1: Yeah, I'm going to kick it off with a feel good story. I know that the holidays kind of, um, you know, can bring about like kind of a more charitable side to a lot of us. And we want to give to those that are less fortunate during this time of the year. And, um, that's exactly what CS Hudson did. So they, CS Hudson is a business and a company that actually does, um, they usually do pop-up shops for retail, you know, clothers, things of that nature. Um, But they kind of did something a little bit different this holiday season, and they did a pop-up shop Um, At a tanger outlet they had like a a vacant, you know store area that was there so they they did a one-day pop-up shop in Long Island, New York, and um, And they did it for the homeless kids in that area So a bunch of kids got brought over from a um, a local homeless shelter and when they walked in the door They all got these golden tickets kind of Willy Wonka style, right? and um, so they got this like money and they had all kinds of fun activities for them, uh, like a slime station, a selfie station where they could print out, you know, their pictures. Um, they had like an arcade type of thing, you know, obviously they didn't have to pay to do that. Um, and then they got to pick out gifts. So it was really, you know, kind of a special thing that they did and they're going to keep it going, which is even cooler, right? I think they've already done a second one, um, somewhere and it's going to be called pop up for good. So, um, you know, check them out. It's really, really cool what they're doing. And I think that that makes all of us feel good about, you know, giving back and, um, and seeing somebody who, uh, seeing a company, not just write a check, right? Like actually be involved. Um, I think is really, really great. So, um, you know, keep an eye out for them this year and, and, um, check them out, pop up for good.
0: Yeah, I think this is a great idea. You know, I think pop-up stores in general are uh, a growing uh, phenomenon right now. And, uh, you know, why not take vacant space, whether it's in a Tanger outlet or or somewhere else, and and do something good with it, right? If you can't find a, uh, you know, a traditional retailer to go in there. So I love that idea of kind of using local space like that. And especially at Christmas, at that time of year, when you've got, you know, such a focus on uh, gift giving and, and, and joy and, and all the things that come with that to be able to do, you know, not just collect toys, you know, and toy drives and all those kinds of things that many of us do, uh, you know, at that time of year, but to actually uh, see and, and have kids come in and experience and choose and, uh and play um I think that the you know that's really really cool and exciting um and the fact that they're keeping it going, I think is even more exciting um, yeah. and uh and I see like there's some i don't know who the sponsors are, but I understand there's some sponsors that are coming in behind this and so I think from a corporate uh participation perspective I think um you know brands and and corporate entities need to get behind these kinds of things um and uh, whether you're product is in there or not in there like you know just funding you know this kind of stuff to happen uh and and you know being associated with that and having that be part of your corporate culture i think is a good thing so uh i like it and i hope you know i'd like to see this thing kind of move to and grow to to other cities as well so uh really cool and maybe i'll i'll talk to Carson we'll figure out where this store is exactly and maybe we'll add this to the uh the retail tour in new york on the 15th
1: there you go, there you go. <laughs>
0: All right, on to our second story now, jumping over to China. Uh, Baidu, uh, their maps division is at it again, and uh, this time they're testing a new service uh, for creating traffic alarms or alerts, if you will, for emergency services. So essentially what, what they're talking about here is is that they have a system that will send emergency alerts out to nearby cars when an ambulance is approaching and requesting that they move aside uh, to allow room for the emergency vehicle. and um, the data is is sourced through emergency call centers and it's integrated directly into the Baidu Maps, uh, which is called the Hawkeye system, to enable this real-time traffic uh, information. So, what what's cool about this is is obviously many of us use maps and and platforms, you know, to get around and, and go where we need to go on a regular basis, um, and you know having access to real-time traffic and data is is a normal thing, but not necessarily knowing that there's an emergency right now and that there's an ambulance or a fire truck or whatever, you know, that's coming down this route and to, to get ready for that. Um, often, you know, we get caught and, you know, until we hear the siren coming up behind us or whatever, um, and then, you know, move over, you know, appropriately, but to have a bit of a warning around. It, and they say they can send out this, this signal in, a sec, in one second, um, you know, from, uh, from the emergency center. So there's not much delay or time around that. Required and um, so they're testing this with 500 emergency vehicles in Beijing at the moment, Um, and um, I you know I just think this is good good community service like and and good uh, open data government integration all that kind of stuff uh, in terms of tying things together, Um, and they're not the first to do this. Uh, I understand that uh, they have some rivals there in China. A company called Auto Navi has a similar feature. Alibaba has. Something called city brain. And so one of the things I think you know, and we talked about this in our prediction show uh, is that we're gonna see is this growing use of location data not just for marketing purposes but for citizen engagement and information and smart cities and all of that. So uh, I think this is a good story that sort of feeds into into what we were talking about last week.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned obviously as a driver, I think that this has direct um, implications and and um, a, a solid effect on on moving people around and making sure that people are cognizant of what's going on and those emergency vehicles that are coming up or need to get by and get somewhere really quickly. So I love that. Um, and then, you know, I also think that this does maybe open up the ability to know, um, uh, well, I mean, maybe even like for predictions, right? Like knowing what's going on with certain traffic whenever, um, or, or movements whenever accidents are happening and things of that, so if you think about it, maybe more from like an accident prevention standpoint, you know, being able to to use that data that they're collecting already for further application. So like you said, I think that if this is just the beginning of something that has, um, you know, a larger scale uh, through, hopefully we'll see more like this throughout the year, but yeah, I think this is very cool. Um, So our next uh, industry news story is from XYO, and XYO is a a network, it's a blockchain location network, um, and they've been growing this past year. uh, In in 2018, they grew from 17 employees to about 76 employees, but they've announced that they're opening a new um, location-based innovation lab, and this is going to be out of Carlsbad, California, um, so, this is more of an announcement than a story, really, but their initial focus is really going to be the development of proper geo d apps is what's called. Um, so the use of the d apps has been um, designed to be location based. basically, anything that can be um, useful for consumers and engaging with location inside of an application and doing it in a responsible manner um, is going to be the the pure focus of this new um, innovation lab. so, I mean, I think that we'll probably hear more from them throughout the year. I'm not really sure. I know we've talked about, you know, the idea of blockchain and location um, and how that can be used together, um, you know, for good and, and having some type of uh, um, uh, immutable record that is there and using location as part of that stamp. Uh, it can be very interesting. So I I think that we're not as as an industry whole. I'm not really sure that we have a solid idea of what that looks like, or the applications, or how that's going to be implemented in anything. So um, I think this is kind of more of like a stay tuned and and look for more stuff coming out of that innovation innovation lab.
0: Yeah, so I agree with exactly what you just said. I think I think that we've been talking about this a little bit uh, over the last year about the sort of relationship between the blockchain. Uh, and location based marketing and location data and and we're seeing a lot of you know startups and a lot of companies emerge. We, we had a whole panel on it at Retail Loco in Atlanta in October. and um, you know I think we, as you say, we don't really know yet kind of the full impact of where this is going to go. and I think so when I see a story like this, I, I think you know this is a step in the right direction in terms of let's set up a, a lab, let's you know have people play and experiment. And figure out you know what the use cases might be um and so i think that's cool i think it's the other inter- the thing i like about that idea of a lab around this is that um you know we're not forcing uh we're pigeonholing into specific apps uh, or use cases um you know we're you know literally keeping it open in a lab environment and letting people kind of figure out you know what those might be um and i think that's kind of the stage we're at when i think about the location-based marketing segment, or even just location-based data in general, um, you know, and how blockchain might play into that, um, and having you know that sort of record that you talk about, I think there's lots of potential, um, but I think we have a lot of room to grow and 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 uh, and still explore. So yeah, we'll see. X Y O Network, cool. So that's our three industry news stories for this week. Now uh, we're going to shift gears and talk about what our members have been up to. And I'll kick this part off with uh, our friends at Google um, who in particular, the YouTube uh, side of Google have uh, teamed up with Ariana Grande. Uh, We all know who she is and she's got a new album. She's got a new, uh, you know, uh, shtick she's promoting out there uh, around um, dangerous women diaries. Now, that's a long title, like, for an album, don't you think? Dangerous Women Diaries? I don't know. Oh, it
1: sounds like a scary title to me. It's kind of
0: scary title. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, anyhow, they've teamed up uh, and they've created an original four-part docuseries about Ariana Grande. Um, and, basically, uh, what they've done is is they've set up this website and all this stuff around it. And uh, they, you, you go visit the specific billboards that they've partnered with Landmark uh, on out-of-home billboards we're talking about here. And, uh, you know, when you're there, you can sort of uh, scan the billboards to unlock uh, and get access to uh, special digital content, wallpapers for your iPhone and things like that. Um, so, you know, I think this is interesting. Um, I'm always uh, a fan of cross-media platform promotions, linking in this case online and, you know, things like YouTube and the web to uh, out of physical, out of home uh, integration. Um, you know, I'm, they're ta- they talking this about going specifically after a millennial uh, target audience. So I get that, but I don't know. I mean, I... I how many millennials are going to run around and try to find billboards to scan them, to get a white, you know, a wallpaper. Like I, if I'm a millennial, if I'm anybody, I would think that I'm going to just try and, you know, find that if I really want that wallpaper, I could probably find it online somewhere. Right. Um, that somebody's, you know, posted or shared or whatever, rather than having to go track down a, a billboard somewhere in the U S or Canada to do it. Um, I applaud the, you know, the initiative, um, and the use of location-based uh, experiences and data around that, um, but um, I struggle with this one in terms of reach.
1: I will echo your opinion. I think this is, I, I don't, I don't think that it's very um, pointed in terms of objectives or goals. Now, if there was some type of um, affiliation with like a retailer or a restaurant or something that you know maybe Ariana has an affinity for. Um, And you were trying to drive people there or like, hey, purchase, you know, a Coke from McDonald's and unlock something like something that everybody has access to. And then you've just maybe geofenced the McDonald's and and, you know, confirm that somebody bought something or scanned something or whatever like that to me is more pointed because it's actually driving some type of a sale and there's some type of monetary compensation for somebody involved. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't really feel one. I don't think that driving um, I, I don't think that driving. Users or just people in general to a specific billboard has any monetary application It also is not necessarily data generating right like so you see that somebody went to see a billboard great like what? Value did that have for you? Um, what value did that have for ariana grande? Um, I'm not really sure that it did so I think that something that it, it needs to have some type of a clear objective um, I I feel like there needs to be some type of a revenue or fan lift and increase um, as as a goal For some type of a campaign like this. So um, I feel like this is not really pointed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I mean, as I read through the story, like I I noticed that they landmark had done a similar campaign in the UK uh, previously with with Ariana Grande around her album Sweetener. Um, Mm -hmm. And in this case, Um, There was a lot more to it in terms of the content of what you were unlocking. Um, And it was very, you know, it was all about location, you know, uh, finding the billboards. Uh, You could unlock location-specific selfie filters. You could, you know, uh, win prizes like concert tickets and things like that. So I think if there's that sort of element of there's actual real sort of value in me going to this, unlocking this billboard and getting a chance for a concert ticket or getting you know, something that's really specific and unique that I probably can't find anywhere else, then okay, I, I think there's a bit more to it. But I still think despite, you know, it's funny, because we often talk about with with stories like this, we often talk about, you know, the uh, limitations on reach. Um, and here we're talking about a platform that has a ton of reach in Google and YouTube and everything else. And yet, I still think that, um, you know, there could be some limitations in in, in the ability to sort of truly get the engagement that they might be looking for here. Um, you know, it's almost one of those things where um, you might want to try even even a reverse uh, type of campaign where you actually capture people from a location perspective and drive them to, to sort of some, some sort of online engagement uh, and going the other way um, uh, to unlock prizes and other things where you can actually, you know, if people are fans, if they follow... Ariana on Instagram or Google or wherever it is that they're following them, Um, you know, and then you can, you know, capture them from wherever they are and wherever they're posting, regardless of whether they're by a billboard or not, Um, uh, but still from a location point of view, and then drive them into uh, some sort of content engagement strategy to then build further followers on YouTube or whatever the case might be. I think there, there could be, you know, another way to think about this, but, you know, good on them from trying. That's that's what I say. So, you there you gotta
1: go. Try. Well, uh, the next story I think is um, something that probably is a little bit more impactful and um, in consumer um, ease of use, and that is an Alexa announcement. So, Alexa can now read emails and prompt location based um, alerts and services and um, different triggering things. So, some of these things include. Um, Uh, different actions like uh, your location could induce specific actions so let's say that when you leave the house um, your location could turn the air conditioning up so that it's not you know blasting cold air while you're not actually home or when you get to the office um, Alexa could remind you to send a specific email Um, or turn out the lights when you leave a, a certain room so lots of different things based upon your location so if you have the Alexa app on your phone based on your device's location, it would be able to do all of these uh, different things. Um, I like the idea of getting like an alert. So maybe sending yourself an alert when you get to the house to, hey, remember to start a load of laundry or switch the laundry or whatever it may be. Um, And then you can also respond to voice commands. You could say like, check my email, respond to email. Um, Hey, Alexa, did I get an email from Asif yet? If you're waiting on something specific. Um, and then Alexa would also be able to delete messages, reply to email, archive messages, all of this via their voice commands. And right now they're integrating with Gmail, Outlook, Hotmail, and Live um, email platforms. So if you're using any of those and you have the Alexa app on your phone, give it a try. Um, so it, also there's some things about like the business commands. so you could ask like if a business is open or where the closest location is, things of that nature. Um, but all of this comes like kind of just a few days after they announced um, a self-learning system that can pinpoint defects in Alexa's ability to understand different voice commands, and then it automatically is fixing those. Um, so there's no action, you know, from a human that's necessary. But they're just kind of using, I guess, their own machine learning to automatically fix those types of um, challenges that they have. So. Um I'm not sure what all of those may be but I would assume that maybe like understanding speech a little better or understanding the different people who are speaking in your home so um you know for example my almost 4 year old is constantly talking to Alexa but sometimes you know I have to remind her like hey you us say Alexa first instead of like she'll say something and then say um what's the weather Alexa you know instead of like Alexa what's the weather so different things that you know but then again like how open and creepy. Do you want Alexa to be like, is she always listening? (laughs) You know, type of thing. Um, but I think this is cool. I mean, I think this is advances and what I like about it is that the assistant part of it is actually helpful, right? So doing things that, um, or automating tasks that you would like to do or reminders that you would like to be set. Um, I think that that's helpful. Um, And the less that you have to remember, like or write down, then maybe then maybe we're moving into where Alexa is truly an assistant um, versus just kind of helping me convert measurements in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, I I think this is a huge step forward uh, in the right direction for uh, for Alexa. I mean, uh, especially the alerts piece. I mean, I, I I love the idea of even if I don't have my Alexa. Device nearby that I can still be getting alerts that are location triggered, um, you know, through the app. I think that that's brilliant. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, I guess the challenge I have is, you know, as a guy that's, you know, I mean, we own Alexas in the house, but uh, we're pretty much uh, an iOS, Apple, everything, you know, sort of household here. Uh, so number one, it doesn't doesn't integrate with Mac Mail, which is what I'm using um, you know, for the most part. And, um, y- you know, a- and there's times where I use Siri, there's times where I'm using the voice assistant in my car. There's times when I'm using a lot of other things like this. And so I wonder about, you know, where the sort of integration, you know, synergies between the, all those things is going to end up, right? Because, how many of them can we manage right like you know and uh, and then obviously Apple's you know got their their home management system coming out and Google's got home and you know all of these people have their own things um and so can they all talk to each other or are Alexa and Siri gonna be you know best friends in the future or you know like all that I don't know right like are are, (laughs) are they gonna be girlfriends or what I, I, I I don't know how it's gonna work out right um, so I, I think there's... maybe we
1: can read about it in the dangerous diaries. What yes. Was it?
0: Yes. I'm sure Ariana has something to say about it. So, uh, so, so that's kind of where my head's at. I, I love what they're doing. I think it, it makes perfect sense, uh, from Amazon and Alexa's perspective. Um, but uh, like, I wonder as somebody who's already starting to play with multiple, you know, voice, uh, assistants, Um, how all these things are going to sort of coexist
1: yeah it can be complicated for sure i think that's definitely something to figure out um and maybe there's like you know a third party that somehow integrates with all of them that that comes out i don't know yeah maybe Uh, if you're interested in voice maybe that's an idea that you can take and run with you know there
0: you go make it happen (laughs) All right. Our final member news story uh, is about uh, two of our good friends, Starbucks and Uber, are teaming up uh, to do some delivery. Uh, So they've announced that uh, they'll be uh, testing uh, 2,000 locations uh, for a launch on demand delivery service. Um, And um, this is going to go into effect next summer, uh, summer of 2019. And uh, apparently they're revamping uh, all of these 2,000 locations, uh, these bricks and mortar locations with new digital capabilities uh, that are really orienting the, these restaurants uh, to be focused on mobile and, and, and delivery and uh, you know, Uber Eats type of function. Um, and so we'll see how that plays out. I mean, I, I'm one of those guys where I, especially with something like Starbucks, where for me it's a, it's a place for coffee. Right, I don't go there for food necessarily. You know, it, it's where I go for coffee. Um, you know, or maybe a business meeting. You know, over coffee or something like that. Um, but um, so, so I wonder about the sort of what you know what the cost parameters look like around when you start to look at delivery, right? And and you know, what's the is there a minimum order that's going to be required? Is there, uh, you know, does this make sense for corporate? uh, settings, you know, for office, you know, uh, people to, to order on behalf of, of a team or a staff or whatever, uh, that type of thing. I could get that. I can see how that makes sense, but for everyday, like I, I don't see myself, you know, using Starbucks delivery to get my, uh, you know, my, uh, tall pike delivered, you know, in the morning, I'm not going to pay, you know, an extra $2 for, you know, for for that. Right. Like it, it doesn't make sense to me. What, it, what does make sense to me is what they already do, which is get the app, you know, uh, share your location and uh, and and order your thing and prepay for it through the app. And then, you know, walk into the place and, and it's already ready for you with your name on the cup and you just pick it up and go. Or even if they want to do a mobile window for that or whatever, like drive through window or whatever, pick up. That's fine. That's all good. But delivery, I don't know. I struggle with this when, when it comes to Starbucks.
1: I completely agree. The first thing I thought of whenever I heard the story was like, okay, this makes sense for an office setting, meeting setting, you know, um, a conference when you're we want to order like a better coffee than what's offered at the the hotel or the conference center where you're staying. Okay, I get that when you're doing something in in bulk. Um, But for one-offs? No, I mean, you're already paying, you know, six bucks for a latte. So what you're going to pay $10 now or even more. I mean, I can't imagine that somebody's going to go pick up and drive your coffee to you for less than five bucks. So is it really worth it? And, and then I think about the other challenge of like, okay, hot coffee. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. I don't think that you're going to be doing like a lot of food, um, or orders there. So like the transportation issue with moving a lot of, hot coffees <laughs> like mm. how how are they going to fit in the back of the car without spilling everywhere and you know all of that stuff um so i, I don't know i i do feel like I'm, I'm a little bit um challenged at like how many people are actually going to use this um beyond a business level
0: there you go so mm-hmm. uh a few challenges in the uh in the member news this week uh a few good stories in there as well yeah Okay,
1: side thought, though.
0: Side thought, sorry. But
1: if you could say, like, hey, I want an Uber at this time to pick me up and have my latte in the car ready. There you go. Because I'm taking an Uber somewhere. That would make sense.
0: That would make sense. How about that? Can you guys roll that out? There we go. (laughs) There you go. I like it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Innovating on the fly. I love it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) this is why we have smart people like aubriana on the show i'm just here you know to kind of facilitate and (laughs) she gets she gets it done so there you go um so that's our show for this week uh you've been listening to episode number 396 of this week in location-based marketing and uh we'll be back of course next week with um yet another show and maybe aubriana will be live from ces or something i don't know We'll figure oh yeah out. we'll see <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, all I right. everybody if you have story ideas reach out to us if you have feedback uh that's good too uh if you're gonna be at ces uh contact abriana and, and try and meet up with her if you're gonna be in new york for nrf on the 15th uh let us know and we'll try and get you hooked up with karsten on the retail tour or the dinner that we're hosting and etc so uh have a great week everyone bye bye